Hey, welcome back to another Congregation 5 podcast. I am Matt Avery, and I'm here with my good friend, Toke Sequoia. What's going on? What's up, man? Thanks for joining us this week. Of course, of course. Happy to be here. Tokes, will you uh, just tell people a little bit about yourself? Yeah, my name's Tokes Sequoia. Born and raised in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Moved to Nashville back in 2013. My job is I work for the Tennessee Titans. I'm the marketing manager for the Titans. My parents are still in Murfreesboro. Just got engaged about a month ago. Yeah, you so, did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pumped for it. January 2nd is the date for those that are invited. Matt's actually officiating our <laughs> wedding. <laughs> He's a really awesome guy doing the wedding. Yes. Oh, we're so pumped for it. But yeah, it's just been a bit of crazy 2020 already. So, Dude. but happy to be here. Happy to talk through the Bible. Really, let's go. Let's go. Hey, uh, tell us, how'd you get to Midtown? So I got to Midtown through my roommate, my old roommate, Jason. And Jason actually was good buddies with Elliot. 12 South Pastor, and he introduced me to Elliot. Then I kind of went away from the church a little bit and started going to a couple different churches for a while, and then found my way back through my current roommate, Josh. And so been going there since 2017, three, four years now. I first met Tokes, really, I think, through Tokes volunteering to do Kid Town Ministry. Oh, that's right, yeah. Hanging with our boys, and we just kept hearing about Mr. Tokes, and Dude, I love that, man. I love that you are a single dude who's uh, choosing to hang out with kids and share the gospel with them. So thanks yeah. for doing that. Oh, no, it's fun. It's so much fun. And I'm excited to get back to it. I know it's been tough being away and being away from the kids. I hope they remember me. I know a lot of times <laughs> that they didn't uh, didn't pay attention too much, but uh, hopefully they went, <laughs> they went away with some Except lesson. for our sons. Our Except sons always Matt's paid attention. Son. Yes, they were always very <laughs> on point. Kess would always throw out these crazy just ideas and sayings that will just make me crack up. No, it, it's been fun. So I'm excited to get back to back to being in the building. Yeah, man. Well, hey, I'm going to set up what we're doing today. You may be wondering, if you're paying attention, why we are going to be talking about Acts 1. We've been moving through Acts uh, sequentially. And so what's going on is we're in the middle of quarantine. And so we had a few of these launch team meetings where we were starting to walk through Acts to see how and what God was doing and having us plant Congregation 5. So we decided that when we had to move to podcast format, we were going to go back and capture some of these nights sessions that we had together so that we could have them all together for our people to go back to. So today we are talking about how God is building in Congregation 5 a community of people who are precious to God, who are clothed with the Holy Spirit's power and on mission with King Jesus to bring life, healing, and freedom to all people. And so if that's what God is doing, what that means for us is that if we're going to be on this mission with Jesus, that we need to really understand King Jesus's kingdom. What is the kingdom? What is the power of the Holy Spirit? What is it for? And what's our role in bringing this, being agents of this kingdom in our world? And so we're going to be looking at Acts 1, 1 through 11, Tokes, would you take us there? Of course. In the first book, Ophelius, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up, after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me, 
For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven, as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Thank you, Tokes. I want to take us now to the misunderstanding of the disciples. Think about this. These guys were walking with Jesus in discipleship. They were following him, learning from him, constantly living with him. And uh, after three years of this program, so to speak, they're just revealed here in this question in verse six, how little they really understood about the kingdom. And they asked Jesus this question, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And so we can misunderstand the kingdom in the same way and misunderstand the, the kingdom that Jesus is bringing in the same way that the disciples did here, because they're asking if he's going to restore the kingdom. So are you going to bring back something of mine that was lost? You know, are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel, not just to this one little ethnocentric pocket of people? Are you going to be our God who's for us, our tribe, and make America great again? Are you going to bring back these things that we're missing? And so there's this undercurrent here of, you know, we can sit and listen to Jesus and be discipled by him and hear him talk about all the things that he's talking about and still miss it and still walk away thinking that he actually came for me to just watch him do his work to fulfill my little kingdom and bring my small vision of my little dreams to fruition. So first I want, I want to stop here and ask Tokes, have you ever got caught thinking like this? Of course. I think most times when I try to imagine what I guess the return of Christ is going to be and how he's going to show himself again. I think I also get caught up in my my little instances of, oh, this is how I want things. This is how I see God coming back. Um, and this is how I see God showing himself in my life. But even to that point, I think my answers are always very selfish. It's tough for me to understand truly that the chance that my dreams are the same as what God wants. I think I see such a vast difference between the two a lot of times and just how I live my own life. And even in my day to day, I can get wrapped up in my own wants and my own needs instead of seeing what God wants. And I think in my mind, I would love that the two were synonymous and right. they were exactly the same. But it, God does reveal to me over and over again, like, hey, this is not what I was planning. <laughs> This is not how I, I see this going. Your kingdom so, and my kingdom are different. are different. It's just a, a very easy trick that the devil can play on my mind of like, hey, yeah, this is this is not bad. So this one is is a good thing, right? Like he, it's very easy for me to, to have that mentality going into things, but I can see where God is clearly showing me something completely different. Tux, I love what you said about you and I and everybody. There's a part of us that wants Jesus to get on board with our dreams. And we really want what he wants to be what we want. 
And so this whole idea that he's doing something new, he's doing something bigger, he's doing something greater, he's doing something richer and more beautiful and more profound than what we wanted, that's living by faith, believing that. Because I know that I feel pretty strongly (laughs) that what I want is what's best, and he doesn't always agree. And so I want to ask you, how does Jesus saying that he's doing a new thing and you got to trust him that it's going to be better than your dreams. He's not going to answer all your questions. And it's going to be something that you can't fully understand now and you can't predict it and you can't control it. How does that make you feel? How it should make me feel <laughs> is, is different than how it does make me feel. How it should make me feel is secure, right? And how it does make me feel is out of control and a little bit helpless. Yeah. Because... I think I want to have that same mindset of, yeah, Lord, you are in control. Whatever comes next is up to you. But it's so easy for me to get out of that mindset. I'm very quick to go back to my self, self, self kind of mentality. I think I always want for my own mindset to be exactly like his. But when I can't see what's coming, a fear comes over me and... I feel helpless. I truly do. I feel I feel as though maybe God's not on my side because he's not giving me what, what I want. And so, yeah, I feel helpless when that happens. And I know that's not the mentality I should have. It should be a complete surrender to his will and authority. But it's my own flesh that is not allowing me to get on that same page. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. Has he ever been unfaithful to you? I can look back at my life and I can definitely say no. I think when I look towards the future, all of that is in question. Yeah. It's very quick for me to question what he's already been faithful in when I can't see what's ahead. Tex, what you just hit on is the life of faith. The Lord is constantly asking us to put down what we know, what we can control, what we can predict in order to pick up the good gifts that he has for us, something so much bigger, so much greater. And in light of where we are right now as we're recording this, a couple of weeks in the wake of George Floyd's death at the hands of white police officers, and it's unearthed and resurfaced racial tensions and questions about racial justice. And so thinking about race, in this passage, the disciples are asking, when are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And Jesus says, I'm actually not restoring that kingdom. It's too small and it's not rich enough. I'm actually bringing a new kingdom that is broader and more expansive. And you are going to go to every tribe, tongue, and nation. You are going to go from Judea to Samaria to the ends of the earth. And so thinking about what Jesus is saying about his kingdom and how expansive it is in the context of what we are walking through, uh, especially these past couple of weeks, Tokes, what implications does that have, this truth about Jesus's expansive kingdom? What implications does that have on this conversation we're having now on racial justice and inequality? And how do we as the body of Christ move into that? Yeah, I think we've, as a nation and in the global scheme of things, I think we've gotten far away from God's mission for us to reach every tribe, tongue, Creed gender. I mean, back then it was, you had Jews and Gentiles and that was really it. And it seems as though the more cultures we have, we've 
kind of grown further apart. I feel like God is calling us back to, he wants all of these people into his kingdom and things like what has happened with George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and all of these racial injustices. I think this is a call more than ever that we need to be together and division is not the answer because as the more we get divided, I feel like the more conflicts happens and the more conflicts that happen, the more violence that happens and that just breeds in itself more chaos. And we've seen that this week with the riots and everything. And so I feel like we truly as Christians across the globe, as we're living for one mission and we're living for one God, that should help us bring more and more people together instead of separating. And I think we as a people can, as Christ followers, can live out that mission in our communities and to the people that are across the street from us that look different. There's so many different ways I feel like to love and love like Christ. And I think we just need to do a better job of that in the communities that we have. And that brings us to our second point, because what you're talking about is the moving out towards the other, toward people that we are not familiar with, people that feel like strangers to us and are so different from us. We see life differently. We experience life differently and are tempted to believe that we don't have connection with, that's going to require something that we don't have on our own. And that's going to require us depending on Jesus and his power. And that's why he gives us the power of the Holy Spirit. He sends his spirit to dwell forever in his people. And it says here in this passage, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses. And so it's this idea that among other things, the Holy Spirit is empowering us to be his witnesses, and it's to embody the life and the death of Jesus for the watching world. It's to come and be able now to suffer and not be afraid of suffering. It's to come and to, to lay our lives down for the good of the other so that we can connect those who are lost with the healing and the transformation and the freedom that is in Jesus. And so I want to ask Tokes. When we think about power, this doesn't sound like the power that we typically think of. This doesn't sound like what we think of when we hear the word power. What do you think about that? Yeah, when I think when you hear power, you think of, I think you feel this authority and I guess strength, but the power of the Holy Spirit can manifest itself in so many different ways, right? If it's sitting next to somebody and just being present with them and Maybe it's praying over somebody and showing them love in a, in a different way. When I normally think of the word power, I think of this authoritative stronghold that is just being a blanket or a shield over somebody. But I also see the power of the Holy Spirit being such a loving and graceful and merciful and non-judgmental. I, I think of it in that sense and... I know that the Holy Spirit is not only something that's an inward thing, it's, it's, and the Holy Spirit can reveal itself in an outward way as well. Now I'm seeing what the Holy Spirit and how it show itself and that what that power truly means. And I think God left the Holy Spirit here for us when he left because disciples were so, wait a minute, you're, you're leaving us? Like, no, I'm giving you something that's, that you can take away from this and be able to expand my kingdom and grow my kingdom and there's that power to be able to expand our kingdom within you. Jesus says it's better. It's, yeah. it's good for you that I go away so that 
I can actually live inside of each of you instead of all of you trying to stand next to me. Mm. And now I'm, I'm living in you. So yeah. yeah. Remember too, as, as Paul in Galatians describes the fruit of the spirit. And like you said, power is this big authoritative, strong hammer. But Jesus, when he describes the fruit of the spirit, you know, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and the, it's the power to love. It's the power to have joy in difficult circumstances. It's the power to be gentle. <laughs> it's the power to be patient. It's the power to be faithful and yeah. long-suffering. And so, you know, think about that in the context of what we're experiencing now, going back to the, the racial justice issues. The world's view of power on all sides is this hammer. It's the shame hammer. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. if you're not posting this, then shame on you. And I'm going to wield my power to just shame you and throw you into fear. And if you are not joining in this, or if you think this, or you believe this, but the power of the Holy Spirit is much stronger because the things that Jesus is calling us to do as we're his witnesses, as we go on this mission and we, we model his life and suffering and death, that power to be gentle in the face of persecution, that power to be faithful, that power to be patient, that power to love, that is real strength. That's real power. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that's yeah, in the face of everything that's been going on. I think Christians in general and figuring out how can I help, how can I show people that I am here with them? And I know that the power of the Holy Spirit can manifest itself in all of those different ways to be able to show the love of Christ and it's nothing that we're doing. It's God in us being able to, hey, people are mourning right now. And the Holy Spirit can be such a loving presence for those people. And I think that's where we need to be as, as a Christian faith is just being present and being loving and being supportive. And that's the power of the Holy Spirit. I read about a woman named Andrea Richardson. I don't know who this woman is, but she's a black woman who lives in Nashville and she organized a protest. And then when the rioters showed up, she was disgusted with that. She said, that's not what me or my friends stand for. And so uh, she came back the next day with cleaning supplies to clean, oh, yeah. up, clean up all the spray paint. And she was praying over officers and praying with officers. And she, to me, I don't even know who she is, but I just want to tell her thank you because she has been a picture to me of this Holy Spirit power, just to, to be a loving, faithful presence in the midst of very difficult and trying suffering. Yeah. And so thank you, Andrea Richardson, if you yeah. ever hear this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so we've talked about the kingdom may not be what we think, and uh, the power that Jesus gives us may not be the power that we expected, but it's, it's the power that we need. And now I want to talk about understanding our role in all of this. I love this picture. I, I love the disciples because they make me feel better about myself a lot. <laughs> they also didn't know what was going on. <laughs> they also didn't know what was going on. And so, you know, toward the end of our passage, it says, you know, as Jesus was taken up, he ascended. It says that they just stood there looking into heaven, waiting for him to, essentially waiting for him to come back and tell them more things, I guess. And that these angels showed up and said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? And I think what God's telling us there is, you have the mission and you have everything you need. I've given you the power. I've given you my indwelling Holy Spirit. What more can you need than that? So go now. Don't wait. Don't feel like you've got to be perfected. Don't feel like you've got to have all the answers. You've got to learn more. Move out in faith now with Jesus 
into the unknown and he will never leave us and he will be with us and he will show us everything as we need it. But that is, again, what it is. And all of these things that we're talking about is the life of faith and learning how to walk by faith. And Yeah, you have to think that these disciples were like seeing Christ ascend and probably having the thought of, oh, I mean, he's coming back soon, right? So you probably have that like, okay, when are you coming back? You're just going to sit and wait instead of having that power that God gave us to, hey, now's the time. This is how we expand our kingdom. This is how we grow our kingdom. Like you have that power now to go to the nations and tell of what you've seen over the last few years and really, really expand the kingdom in that way. I think that's a very interesting uh, way that I was just reading this and and looking over exactly kind of how truly a lot of times I am these disciples where in times like we are today, a lot of people are these disciples sitting here and being like, what am I supposed to do? What can I do? And I think this is where this is the best example in my mind of how God's kingdom can grow in times of suffering in times of trouble. And people are looking for a savior, looking for someone to come and tell them that, Hey, there's more than this. Like things are going to be okay. And so I think the empowerment that I have during this is being able to have conversations with people being able to discuss why I believe what I believe and why I'm in a celebratory mindset because I truly can see this is where God can work. This is where fruits are bared. Over the last week and a half, I, I've tried to have that mindset. And also, just like we talked about earlier, how I've celebrated all of the good things that God has done in my life. And 2020 has been a lot of suffering. There's been a lot of bad but also God has delivered his people from that over and over and over again. But I can definitely see, yeah, this is that time where we, we have to work. Like we need to go out and go out and bring people in and be able to have one-on-one conversations and group conversations and in our micro communities. For me. And I think for a lot of people in our current culture, again, going back, some of that is because of the shame and the fear It's just this need to be perfect this need mm-hmm. to be perfected before I say something. I need to be an expert before I engage. And that is so counter to what Jesus is doing here. I mean, that's essentially what we see the disciples doing here is, is out of fear and out of thinking, no, I always need more. I don't have enough right now. What Jesus has given me is not enough. So I'm going to sit here until I get more. And I can really, it's a, a desire to be safe. Yeah. I don't want to move until I'm safe. I don't want to move until I have a guarantee that no one's going to look at me funny, that I'm not going to say something wrong, that I'm not going to do something wrong. And man, that is my prayer for us as a body, Congregation 5, that the Lord would rescue us from that spirit of perfectionism, that we would be able to walk by faith and not by our own merits and trying to control things. And I'll just confess, I mean, that's something that in this whole conversation of racial reconciliation and talking about these issues like racial injustice, that's kept me silent a lot in the past. And and even now to some extent, because I have that fear of, well, what are my black friends going to think of me and mm-hmm. and how I engage? And am I going to say something that's going to be offensive? So maybe it's better to just not engage at all. And I'll let somebody else engage. And um, that's a real shame because <laughs> Jesus has freed me and all of us from thinking like that. Yeah. And he's saying, no, 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 you have everything uh, this isn't about your kingdom. It doesn't matter if you have a perfect record. You don't. That's why I came to save you. So you can walk in the freedom that you're standing on my record, and it does not matter 
what anyone else thinks about you because I'm calling you to go on the mission that I've given you with the power that I've given you to see what I have for you, to unwrap these good gifts that I've given you of going out and being the good news and sharing the good news. Yeah. This is where I feel like a lot of people have that mindset of like, well, I just, I just don't understand. So I don't know what to do. And I think you're exactly right. Like we don't have to know what to do. God knows what to do. So God can speak and the Holy spirit can speak through us. We don't have to always have the right thing to say. And I think, yeah, like you said, the perfectionism, there's, there's that mentality of like, yeah, I need to know exactly. I need to say the right thing to this person in order for them to, for the Holy spirit to really, but God can work through a conversation that I have with someone where I say one word and I'm just present, right? My prayer for our community in C5 is that we are a people that are going out on mission and bringing in all sorts of different people because this racial divide has made me think even more and we had the conversation the other day of, yeah, we want this to be inclusive of all different types of people, um, all different races. It shouldn't matter if you're white, black, it truly does not matter if you have a longing, if you have something in your uh, space in your heart that's needing to be filled. We all know exactly the only person who can fill that space. And I would love to be able to speak that truth to folks, especially during this time, because I think the need and the want for something is so evident. We were made for this. We think about protecting ourselves all the time from mistakes and from other people's judgments, but really we're not protecting ourselves at all. We're keeping ourselves from life because this mission with Jesus is what we were made for. And so I am very, very excited and expectant to see what he is going to do in our midst as we learn more and more how to engage with him in this mission, in his power, in uh, bringing his kingdom to the world. And so, Tokes, I'm thankful that you're on this journey with us. Amen. Yes, I'm very, very thankful. I think over the last year of just planning C5 and knowing that this is coming and seeing what God has already done, I'm very expectant of the good to come. I'm very excited to be on this journey with you guys, and I know God's going to do a lot of good at C5. Man, I'm, I'm so thankful for you. I'm thankful for your friendship and thankful for the way that you love and serve God's people. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yeah. A lot more people to come. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, let me pray for us. Father, thank you for calling us on this mission with you. Lord, thank you for giving us a purpose. Thank you for giving us a hope. Lord Jesus, thank you by your walking out of the grave that you have freed us from fear of suffering and death. And thank you for giving us the immeasurable gift of your Holy Spirit uh, who dwells in us always. And you promise you'll never leave us, you'll never forsake us. So Lord, teach us how to live into that reality, how to live into that power that dwells within us to be a people who would lay ourselves down following after your, your lead for the sake of the people in our community who are apart from you and who are in such desperate need of life just as we are. Lord, show us how to trust in you and walk with you instead of asking for all of the answers up front. Thank you for not giving us those because that's what keeps us from growing and being transformed by you. So Lord, may we go out in faith into the unknown with you to see all of the good gifts that you have for us. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.